Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Harvey, I am sorry, all right, but I need you to listen to me now. Listen to you? You know when I would have listened to you? That night. Jessica threatened me. I don't, I don't care. Anyone comes at you with any threat at all, you come to me. I don't give a shit if it's the Queen of England. You come to me, you tell me, you tell me everything. That's what goddamn loyalty is. Suits, season three, episode one is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about the arrangement, then suits yourself. I'm Rob Sesternino, back here with the guy who's never going to eat your cranberry brand bars. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm good, but those do sound awful. Cranberry, and I thought they were raspberry. Is it regardless? Yes. Brand bars. I think it's raspberry, right? Is raspberry, it raspberry? Do I have it wrong? I think, I think it's raspberry. I think raspberry sounds a lot more appealing than cranberry. Raspberry does, but I thought it was cranberry. Cranberry brand bars. I, if, if it's cranberry, I'm going to kind of judge them. But I think it's raspberry. Regardless, mm-hmm. I'm probably not the guy. Yeah. I don't. I don't eat people's stuff in the mm-hmm. office. That's not my. That's not my jam. I. I'm very protective of my own snacks. Yeah. You know what? That. Um. So yeah. No. I guess you, you, uh, that far be it for me to ever question you. You were right. Uh. uh <laughs> raspberry brand bars. I thought in season two. That it was cranberry. Maybe I wrote down in the rewind episode, right? Does it come mm-hmm. up about the cranberry brand, the cranberry uh, brand bars? Well, I don't know if they were or, cranberry, but in this episode, it was raspberry. And the only reason it sticks out to me is because when you said cranberry, I had a, like a literal reaction to it, like, "Oh, why, why would you be fighting for those?" Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think raspberry sounds better. I, don't get me wrong. Raspberry to, to does sound better. Yeah. Yeah. To the cranberry enthusiasts out there, I'm not anti-cranberry. I do like cranberry, but just in a brand bar, it's not not really my jam. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. It's interesting that Lewis is just uh, so fixated on this. Well, he's fixated on everything. Mm-hmm. In this episode, we're going to see that uh, some of Lewis's uh, season two sins are going to come back to haunt him a little bit. We saw that he was in a beef with Nigel from uh, from over uh, what across the pond. And um, in the last episode, we saw that he betrayed Nigel when they were doing their uh, their surveys to determine, you know, what what don't we need here in the merger? Mm-hmm. What do we have too much of? And, uh, you know, Nigel was like trying to make a friend with Lewis. And so he buried the hatchet and said, no, Lewis, I'm going to leave you off my list. But Lewis didn't leave him off of his. And so now we see Nigel is back as uh, Barbara L. Tottenham, the mm-hmm. <laughs> the quartermaster of the new merged uh, Darby Pearson law firm. Yeah, so this was a real back and forth here. Uh, Lewis thought that he was getting back his uniballs and his raspberry bars and only to find out that uh, Nigel has taken what he truly loves, being in charge of the associates. Yeah, so, yeah, Lewis does not play about his uniballs. He does not play about his associates. And when and he also is just kind of territorial. So when he sees that Nigel is moving into his space, taking away his pins and his brand bars, he does what Lewis does, which is goes to eliminate the threat. He finds out that Barbara L. Tottenham is actually some type of moniker for Nigel. And so he goes and says, okay, I'm going to get Nigel fired as quartermaster. Now, once that happens, Lewis obviously takes over that role, but that leaves Nigel open to taking the associate lead role. So 
now Lewis has, like you said, lost the thing that one thing that he truly loved because mm-hmm. although he he feels like he can't live without his uniballs and his brand bars, like those things can he can purchase those on his own. What he cannot purchase is control over the associates. Yeah, and we'll get let's uh. Yeah, there's so much to talk about here because this is season three, and I think that there's you know th- some things that are that are different. Uh, Lewis, you know, it seems like he could just buy raspberry brand bars uh, or uniball pens. Yeah, it's the principle. He won't. He won't do it. It's season three. It's July of 2013. Original air date here for uh, this episode comes uh, in the summer of 2013, and it's been. Just a couple months since the end of season two, we're back. And I feel like that tonally, it was a little bit of a shift here in season three's opener in that it feels like that we're setting the stage for like an ongoing season long arc more so than we were dealing with any particular one specific case in the season three premiere. Right. I think that in season one and two, we don't know what we're getting into long term. Uh, so it's kind of like a case by case basis until they bring in, you know, a bigger case that's going to take a couple episodes. Um, you know, I think in season one, it was the Cameron Dennis of it all. And season mm-hmm. two, Daniel Hartman is uh, kind of like the looming presence, but he's introduced a couple episodes in completely. I mean, I guess. Uh, and But then in season three, we're coming out of the gate with we know the new issue here is the merger. Everybody's fine with the merger except for Harvey. And so it looks like we're going to have to deal with. Harvey coming to terms with the merger or trying to shut the merger down or trying to get fired from the law firm. Um, there's a lot going on. But yeah, in, in the first episode of season three, we don't get uh, kind of the case of the week feel that we used to get uh, in season two and season one. We start off with what you would think is the case of the week, but it does immediately go into a cliffhanger. We do not get the solution to what happens in this Ava Hessington case. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Ava Hessington, uh, here we go. You know, we were talking about Lord Varys is here and we have another prominent Game of Thrones alumni as Michelle Fairley is here, a.k.a. Kat Stark. Yes, as I bend the knee to the queen, I, I, I was like, what are we doing here? We have look, this is great. Winterfell showed up. This is dope. Rob, were you happy to see Catelyn here? Yes, I was. I guess this must be, uh, I guess, other other news of the Red Wedding has happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The red, well, do you know that? Because, I mean, Varys is here. He was around, right? Yeah. Or, or, is it just, or do we know the timeline? Like, how's... How well we don't. I don't want to. Yeah, so I think that that had happened only a couple of months earlier. Um, Oh, so it just happened. Yes, red wedding uh, air date. Let me see. Uh, So that happened June second, twenty thirteen. So it is, but just uh, six weeks since the red wedding has happened. So yeah, I guess you know she she read the books. She knew. Okay, knew what was up. (laughs) She knew what was up. (laughs) Okay, I got a couple seasons on. Game of Thrones, and then I got to get back out there because she's also on a season of 24 around this time, also. What I didn't know that. Uh, I think so. She started polishing off that resume the moment that uh, certain moves start making with the in 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 the Game of Thrones world. I'm pretty sure she saw the writing on the wall, as many of us did. and many of the book readers knew and were waiting on us TV show only watchers to to get to. But uh, yeah, I like seeing her here in this role. Uh, definitely it was the voice that got me, you know, like mm-hmm. seeing her, I was like, oh, the British lady. But then the moment she started talking, I said, oh, no, Catelyn, <laughs> no, what a mistake. I bet in the real time, Rob, there's such whiplash because you just see her go through the red wedding, whatever that means. And then boom, it's been 10 years. Later, you're like, yeah, yeah. Weeks later, you're like, well, what is this? So I don't know. I thought, I thought it was great to see her here. Great. Uh, a good, it looks like multiple episode guest yeah. star? Yeah, seems like this is going to be an ongoing storyline, and basically, if season three is anything like season two, I expect, like, maybe this is going to be, like, the storyline of 
until the mid-season break for Suits. And then we'll get like maybe like eight to 10 episodes of dealing with this storyline. Let's talk it through a little bit because, okay, we're officially Pearson Darby here. Uh, we're going to see the name change, but Jessica has given Darby a 51% interest in the new company. Is Darby... A good guy or a bad guy, I mean, I feel like that he is coming across not necessarily like a villain like the Daniel Harbin. No, he hasn't done anything to Jessica specifically. It feels like um, this was a good business move for someone who was very, very wealthy. And so he initially came in. It was going to be Darby Pearson because uh, this is the financial backing to keeping the firm alive. But then he even like relinquishes that and says, no, nah, it's fine. Uh, Pearson Darby's fine. Yeah, as a gesture. And, uh, you know, also a gesture, 51-49. He says, no, we're like 50-50. But when he needs stuff done, he's willing to pull rank. And so we see that with the Ava Hessington case. Um, the the thing here is that he wants Harvey on the case. Harvey had just done this big deal for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, which, I don't know, I, t I told you, I suspected Harvey had been going over to the Brooklyn <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, yeah, that, that's and that I want to get into also. But uh, yeah, yeah explain Ava Hessington to me, because I have to be honest, I really don't understand what's going on here. So I understand that she is the wife of a person that Darby had had some sort of an oh, sorry, she's the daughter of the daughter, Darby's yes. former lover. Yes, this is Dr. I'm like, how old was that guy? Right. It's like, how old is Varys? You know? Mm -hmm. Nobody um, knows. Nobody knows. So, um, yes, she is the CEO of Hessington Oil. And okay, she got, I, uh, I would think that, like, Dar Darby, uh, a.k.a. Varys and Kat Stark are, like, pretty close in age, no? That's what I said. I was like, I don't know how old Varys is. She's the daughter. Uh, I mean, maybe it was like, daughter. you know, one of these, like, uh, maybe he was like dating like a cougar. Yeah, a cougar man. Cougar uh, man. You know, I don't know what the term is for man. that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, either. I don't know. But yeah, this is, yeah, this could very much be, this is basically her stepdaddy and she don't know it. Let, mm -hmm. Let's just get into it. So he dated her dad. So he has very warm feelings toward her. Uh, she probably doesn't know this. It was a different time. And so that was probably kept on the wraps. Her dad likely was married to her mom or had some relationship with her mom. Regardless, he looks at her kind of like as a, as a child of his own, as, of, you know, but she does not know about that secret relationship. So this means a lot to him. He really wants to win this case. And he wants to win big because there's going to be a lot of underhanded things going on because Ava Hessington is guilty as charged. She says it herself. Uh, I'm being charged with bribery, and yeah, I did it, and I'll do it again, damn it, because that's what you got to do yeah. in the oil field. But he says, that's that's all fine and good, but I need Harvey, because Harvey is willing to go the extra mile to make sure that we win big, and I need to win big here. And so that's how this all gets roped together. Not to harp on the whole age of it all, but uh, Michelle Fairley, a.k.a. Kat Stark, she is 60 and as of current uh, press time, and Conleth uh -huh. Hill who played Varys, uh, Edward Darby, is 58. So he's actually younger than Michelle Fairley. Yeah, so he was just doing doing a little diddly, diddly, diddly <laughs> with her daddy, you mm -hmm. know, at the time. And, uh, you know, yeah, he was in, into the younger men, I guess. She was like, Dad, how could you? He's, that, uh, he's my age. We went to school together. Yeah, mm -hmm. but he didn't know that. She didn't know that. That's the thing. This is a secret relationship. We went to the Only Citadel from... together. <laughs> they did. Um... Yeah, this is a secret uh, relationship that nobody knows about. Jessica finds out about it fairly easy. So it's not that hidden. Uh, and then so does Harvey. And so that's going to be a large plot point, too, because I'm assuming uh, Lord Varys doesn't want that getting back to her um, because it could skew their relationship. It could probably make her look at her dad differently because, again, it was a different time um, back when they, when they were dating, it seems. And so uh, there's a lot of reasons why Lord Varys wants to do this and, you know, do it quietly, you know? And so uh, mm -hmm. he does find out later on that Harvey knows. But of course, Harvey was always going to find out because once Jessica found out, it was pretty obvious that the information was out there. Okay, we have the return of Cameron Dennis in this episode. I thought he was going to jail. I thought he was busted. No, no, no. Remember, he, he got out of the jail thing by just stepping down. They never wanted him arrested. They wanted him to not be DA anymore. <laughs> and so he was like, I don't want that. I want to be DA and I don't want to get arrested. And I think the ultimate conclusion was, 
Nah, because you tried some slick stuff with Harvey. Jessica found out. You stepping down. You ain't got to go to jail, but you got to get the hell up out of here. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so uh, he's back, and he is now going to be hired as a special prosecutor for this case uh, because Richard, who apparently used to work for him as well, alongside Harvey, has decided to step down due to a conflict of interest. Yeah. Okay. So Cameron Dennis is the special prosecutor in this case that is against uh, Asa and... Ava Hessington. Ava. Ava. Sorry. It takes me a while to get all these new characters down. And (laughs) so now is this going to be like a Harvey versus Cameron Dennis storyline? Of course. Yeah. Because Cameron Dennis now has an axe to grind. He doesn't actually have a real axe to grind because this is his fault. Everything that all the beef between Harvey and Cameron Dennis should lie solely on the shoulders of Cameron Dennis. He did it all. He was guilty as charged. He also threw Harvey under the bus and he's mad that Harvey wasn't loyal to him to a fault and went to jail for him and and all this other stuff. Uh, Got disbarred for him. So Cameron Dennis, Cameron Diaz, Cameron Dennis is living in a uh, fantasy world. But see, now he's back to take down Ava Hessington and it's up to Harvey to take down his former mentor. Now, are we rooting for Ava Hessington? It seems like that her company is like doing a lot of polluting. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's a criminal, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So she she's been breaking a lot of in- environmental laws. Um, she has been charged with bribery, uh, and she's being charged with like I, I forget what the other ones were, but it was like three different things. She like yeah, like bought off some witnesses once, you know, like she, she her hands are not clean at, at by any <laughs> stretch of the imagination. Uh, so she's been covering up all these charges with her probably uh, like money and influence. So is she a good person? Probably not, but she is going to be Harvey's client. And so I, I think we are rooting for Harvey naturally. Yeah. Okay. So Mike and Harvey still are not on good terms from the season two finale events. And so Harvey has to work with some other people. We got some resolution on Dana Scott, who that even though he was asked the question like in the real time, I guess he must have told Darby, like, can I sleep on it? Can I think about it? Uh, We see him tell Donna, send her to England. (laughs) <laughs> send her ass back um, yeah he had a couple days to mull it over you and I talked about this at the finale of season 2 he said Rob do you think he's gonna ship her ass back to London <laughs> and you were like nah probably not he wouldn't do that I was like I don't know man he seems to really hate this woman or at least be terribly afraid of commitment to her mm-hmm. and so yeah uh, he does he puts her ass back on a plane but before she could leave he realizes that he needs her help. He is so mad at Mike Ross. He feels so betrayed at Mike Ross by the season two uh, happenings that now he doesn't have an associate to go in and read through all the documents about Ava Hessington. In a normal situation, he would say, Mike, here's a box of stuff. Go read it, download it. Tell me all about it later on and be done with it. But he doesn't have that now. He doesn't trust any other associate with that type of work. So he has to go to Scotty, hat in hand, with a ticket to Trinidad and Tobago to try to get her to help him out and to brief him on the Ava Hessington case. Um, Rob, this scene with uh, Scotty and, and Harvey in the airport, yes. what did you think about this? Well, first, Harvey uh, bought a first-class ticket to not even go on a trip just to get to the airport. But Flex. You know... um. He puts in the work here. He wins her back. He talks about how, you know, the like she's like, uh, say something to me to convince me. And she's like, well, and he tells her the story about the first time he met her and how she was more than just a pretty face. And she's like, all right, buy me a damn drink. Buy me a drink and give me that ticket, that ticket to Trinidad. <laughs> um, Rob, Scotty, Scotty, you got to stand, up, stand buddy. up. This is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. This this is embarrassing. You have just like poured out your heart to Donna. So we know Harvey knows these things. I'm in love with him. I just don't know what to do. I've tried to get him to be named partner. I've tried to move to, to America. We've tried to start a family. I need to be with this man. I love this man. You do all of that. And that man said, get your ass back on a plane and go to London. And, mm-hmm. and while you're at the airport, he shows up needing your help. He's like, but I care about you. You just shipped me across the ocean. Right. What are you talking about? Right. He would rather send you to another continent <laughs> than have you around. And you're like, all right, buy me a drink. 
buy me a, you win me over. So you really liked me that time we were in constitutional law. You thought I was pretty and smart. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll hear you out, Harvey. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. Scotty, come on, He's man. just not that into you. He's not. And also, whoever wrote this, uh, yeah, it got this woman in the blender. I'm sorry. Y'all are on this lady's neck because there's no reason Harvey should be able to come over there and be that charming. She says it herself. Like many people who work with Harvey, they don't like him. He's a dick. And, mm-hmm. and so, but for some reason, it just this brand of uh, charm is just right up her alley. She folds like a lawn chair. All right. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Um, should we bring Mike into all this? Mike's got a lot going on here in this episode. Does he? <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh, well, first off, so something happened in the beginning of this episode that we've never seen happen before. And it was something that I actually felt like uh, it occurred to me in season two. I'm like, oh, you know what I like about Suits? Like, it's not the kind of show where any we're, we're never like seeing anybody's dreams. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're in season two, you thought, you know what I don't need? Dreams. Seeing people's dreams. And right. like, I'm like, we never, uh, like, could you imagine like we ever see Harvey's dream uh, right. or anything like that? But so I'm like, eh, this is a little weird where Mike is showing up. Like, why are they making him partner? And then Rachel comes in. She's like, you're a fraud. Yeah. Mike, Mike Ross, Ross is a fraud. Is a fraud. Is a fraud. Arrest that man. And the police are like, <laughs> like boom, we got you. <laughs> got him this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a dream. But it was a dream. All that. And, and more of a nightmare, right? So Mike Ross, as we know, in season two finale, he confessed his big secret to Rachel Zane. They uh, consummated their uh, secret sharing in that moment in the office, completely unprofessional and uh, buck wild nasty, you know, very <laughs> feral. They were into it. Um, but now... We've seen the sobering moment, right? So it's happened, and now he's terrified because he thinks, damn, maybe the sex wasn't good enough to keep her from talking. You know, maybe <laughs> I'm going to show up in the office today and I'm going to get told on. So he goes over to Rachel to kind of have the conversation. And to Mike's credit, I think he should be worried because Rachel is not, um, she's not over it. You know, they had the sex, but now Rachel has uh, sobered up a little bit. The, the haze, the lusty haze yeah. has gone away. And she's able to kind of think and say, no, nah, I don't like this. I don't like that you've been lying to me. I don't like that you've been keeping secrets. I don't like that you're not a lawyer. Why did you tell me this? Why are we here? Yeah. And so now we get to see the, the consequences of his actions. Well, I don't want to sound like I should be on the board of Folsom Food. So I'm, I just want to make this clear. No, I'm, no, I'm talking specifically about Rachel. That Rachel. Well, no, hold on, pause. Yes. Before you yes, get into that, yes, I too might be on that board because when it comes to Rachel and Scotty, I think they have a lot in common here. <laughs> well, Rachel has two modes of like, uh, Mike, I love you, Mike, I hate you. Like, there's no, there's no in between of like, I'm madly in love with you. Of like, how could you never talk to me ever again? And I, I was surprised they actually got through this episode. There was like 15 minutes left, and I was watching this episode with my wife. I'm like, eh. Mike and Rachel are going to break up by the end of the episode. It can't, they, they get, I don't think they've ever ended a Suits episode that they're not broken up. Like, uh, I guess other than the season two finale. But mm-hmm. they typically, like, they'll get together and then something will happen where these, like, uh, we ripped the Band-Aid off and they're back to not being together. So, I mean, in the time that they've been together, you know, 90% of the time, R- Rachel does not like Mike. Yeah, she doesn't. Um, it's like she's acting emotionally about this whole situation. Sometimes she's like, you know, I mean, like not to be full, full some foods, but I, I and I and I hold Scotty and even Donna in that same category. Like people who um, will act a certain way, tell us they're doing a certain thing and then completely going against it just because the wind blew. Um, and then you're like, why are you writing these characters like this? <laughs> because Rachel... Having sex with Mike Ross in that moment, I can give it a pass. You know, you just you've been lusting for this man for a long time. That was the one barrier to entry here, and so you've let the guard down. That happens, and then the very next time we see you, like, and now I'm mad. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, but you shouldn't have had sex with the man in the closet then. So, how did like everything from the closet went? For like, uh, how did that end? Where uh, I, I, well, don't, I don't mean, I don't mean. So it's just like you Rachel, like the after, after like it, it finishes, and Rachel's like, "I have to go. I have a thing." Because um, uh-huh. it seems like they ended things very like awkwardly, and she's like at her house, 
And she's like, I need time to think about this. Like, that's not good. Well, why take time to think about it now, ma'am? I think the time to think about it was before you. uh, She's like, I told uh, you I need time to think about this. And my ache, who is no better. Let me be very clear. Mike, who is no better, is like, what? Think about it. I want to have sex. What are you talking about? Because he shows up to her house, immediately looks at the bed and kind of stares at her like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's something. Yeah. 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 We could. You want to talk about it over there on the bed? And she's like, that's not going to happen. And the whole time I'm rolling my eyes like, that's definitely going to happen. Are you kidding me? Um, So, yes, initially she's saying, I don't even think I know you. I think you're a stranger. I don't know anything about you. I'm like, yes, you. Yes, we said that (laughs) last episode when you started to have sex again. Mm -hmm. Judgment was clouded. We got it. But now that you know that this man has been lying to you since the moment you laid eyes on him, this would be a good time to tap out. This yeah. is the time to get out of it. Okay. Uh, but that's not Rachel's style. She no. decided she wants Mike Ross and she's going to get him. So she says, Mike, here's what you can do. Go in to work and quit Pearson Hardman. That's what you can do. Okay. And so. Is she wrong? Yeah. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. She's however, not wrong. however, that it just so happens that Jessica ends up uh, telling Mike, hey, Mike, uh, I have an office uh, for you. Did yeah. you still have been, something you wanted to tell me? And he's like, no. Yeah. no. <laughs> Do you think Mike was ever going to go in there and tell Jessica that he was about to quit? Um, I think he's so down bad. I, Harvey's not even talking to him. Like, I, I think it was a possibility. I think that from my point of view, it looked like he was getting a stink eye from Harvey. And he was going to go talk to Jessica about how they ended up where they were. She even says it. She's like, are you here to talk to me about how things went down with Harvey? And he doesn't really answer. She just kind of continues into like talking about it. But I do think that's what it was. I think he went in there to be like, Harvey's mad at me. What are we going to do? I do not think he planned on resigning. Um, Now And then she gave him the office. And then it was definitely like, well, I ain't going nowhere now. Mm -hmm. Um, But at that point, he starts to to actually consider it. And he types up a resignation letter. but yeah, this was this was odd. I think I've always complained about Mike getting up on his high horse about what's right and what's wrong. But I was definitely looking upside Rachel's head in this episode. Like she like, you are a liar and a cheater. And you just do all those things. I'm like, and yet you cannot keep your hands off this man. Stand yeah. up. <laughs> so Rachel is gonna come in eventually and be like, Oh, you didn't I see you didn't quit. And they and they gave you an office where you're hanging that fake diploma. On the wall. Is that what this, how this is going to go? Where you're just going to not quit? <laughs> He's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I might, I might Look, quit, but probably not. But Rachel, I understand where she's coming from. When Rachel meets yeah. a guy, Chappelle, she's often like, hey, quit all this stuff that you belong to. Okay. You're just with me now. That's it. I don't get know. Out, yeah, I don't stop. Know. Get out of all this other business. I don't know if we've ever seen evidence of that prior to this moment in this season. So I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You care to elaborate or you're going to leave it at that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I She's just like, hey, it's me there. and you solo. We- We're doing our own thing. Against the world. Against you know? the world. Yeah. Quit your job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quit your job. Um, I think that Rachel Zane is absurd in this episode. I really do. I, I think that her demands about him quitting his job is actually like, you know, like, I think that makes sense. We've been saying it for a long time. Mike, you could just leave. Like, yeah, you could just not be a lawyer. It's fine. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's other things you can do with this memory you have. Um, but when he doesn't, and she's staring at his uh, Kinko's uh, printed Harvard degree yeah. on the wall, you know, and it's, it's starting to eat her alive yeah. that this man has can just pretend to be qualified he he can be half as good as she is at something and just in general in life like she is going through the necessary channels she's getting the rejection she's dealing with the whole roller coaster ride of what it looks like to go and try to go to harvard law school and this man can just wake up one day and decide nah i got privilege i i got a photographic memory and i'm a white man so i can get away with stuff and she's like this is driving me crazy but again not crazy enough for her to not be like, okay, but let's have sex again. I was like, I was like, Rachel, I really need you to pick a pick a lane. Either you mad about this and it's it's annoying and you hate that this yeah. is happening, and you are also trying to uphold the law. Because remember, Rob, this is illegal. Rachel Zane, you are now complicit in what is happening here. You know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But she's like, yeah, but still, you kind of like my dad is Robert so. Zane. He'll represent me. I'll be all right. I'm going. I, if anybody makes it out of this one, it'll be me. Yeah. So, all right. Um, Harvey and Mike, they're still not on good terms. You know, I guess that maybe Mike can only have like one working relationship. It's either with Harvey or with Rachel. So Harvey's not talking to him and he's trying to explain what's going on. And Harvey's like, look, I told you, like, I don't want you around. Leave me alone. And he's trying, he's trying so hard to say like, oh, but Jessica, she told me that she was going to threaten me. And wow, this was incredible that Harvey says to her, to him, I don't give a shit if it's the queen of England. How did he know? <laughs> How did and Rachel's he know? like, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I don't care if it's the queen of England. You are loyal to me and only me. Damn yeah. it. Um, I, we I, especially, I Mike, don't deal with her. Yeah, I think Harvey has a tiny point. I think that if you expect loyalty from someone, it's like, like I say, I like to say off a cliff, you know, follow that person off a cliff or just say I'm loyal to you to an extent. I think Harvey has gone out on a limb for Mike Ross, largely due to his own self-interest, of course, too. But, you know, you put your life on the line for this kid. You cannot tomorrow. If he screws up bad enough tomorrow, you will not be a lawyer. You will probably be in mm-hmm. jail. So you probably feel like I need 100 percent loyalty. Like I, you pledge fealty to me in the words of uh, some uh, of these other people. Bend the knee. On this, right. Yeah. Bend the knee. But Mike Ross is kind of like in those moments where the 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 going gets tough. He kind of folds sometimes. He folded to Jessica when he should have gone back to Harvey. But like Jessica's doing something. And so uh, Harvey's upset. The other person who's upset. Donna and I'm the whole time I'm like girl what she mad because she feels like Mike wasn't loyal enough to Harvey which in turns mean he wasn't loyal enough to her because we know where if you pick Donna going to jail or Harvey going to jail Donna going to jail she she yeah. destroyed evidence for Harvey she is da- 10 toes down so um it's there's a lot going on in this Harvey Donna Mike relationship we're going to go back and see Mike and Rachel in bed. We get some real schmoopy time here with Mike and Rachel. And, you know, uh, this is uh, getting, you know, again, we're like really here in the whole explanation of the story. But, oh, my God. Yeah, I don't remember it being so graphic the first time. So Mike, Mike's thing is that, you know, Harvey kind of drills into his head in this moment that loyalty means you tell me everything. And so he's like, oh. Well, I haven't figured out a way to have Rachel have sex with me again. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is the way. So he shows up at her house and like, I believe his words are, uh, I'm about to tell you everything that happened. So and I'm going to be completely honest and you're going to know everything about me. And then we're either going to be done with each other or we're going to go get into bed and have sex. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, okay. And next thing you know, they're in the bed having sex. Like, Rachel, Rachel, what are you doing? He's like tracing everything. (laughs) This little piggy went to market. This mm-hmm. little piggy would stay home. And this little piggy is Harvey. And she's like, whoa. whoa, whoa. Yeah. Now, Harvey no. can't go down nope. there. Uh, yeah. And he's like, and he says, nobody else is ever going down there. And I was like, way to plant your flag two days into this quote unquote relationship. Yeah. Like, I'm here to stay, baby. All right, Mike Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I, I look, I, I guess I, this, they moving kind of fast for me. That's all I'm saying. Moving fast. Let's see at what point in season three we get the breakup. You, that I guess if I'm planting my flag, are Mike and Rachel official official? I think not. I, I think with there, there are many more breakups uh, to come. Do you think there's another potential suitor or a sutress for either one of them? Do you oh. think like there could be a third party that can I, shake things up? I mean, up? I would think we have to. We're in the season three premiere. That doesn't mean there has to be another love interest. There could be other beef. I, I mean, they're know. both at this point. Um, I don't know if these are federal crimes, but they feel like they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, they, they are definitely uh, both guilty of fraud. I'm sure uh, the cops come knocking on Rachel uh, Rachel Zane's door tomorrow asking questions about Mike Ross. I, I, there's a non-zero chance that she might uh, want out of the relationship. Yeah. Okay. Mike also is going to then go back to the IT department. We have the return of... Benjamin, were you excited to see Benjamin the IT back in this episode? Benjamin kind of dope. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Benjamin needs to be in the running for like uh, best guest appearances. Every time you see Benjamin, it's always a good time. You, like for him to be kind of like the stuffy, like uh, IT guy, 
Benjamin looks like he's he's kind of he's fun. I like Benjamin. Mm-hmm. You don't like Benjamin? No, he's fun. You Big know, ben? <laughs> I think that yeah. you know, uh, Mike ends up getting over on him where that uh, Benjamin has been tracking Mike Ross's visits to teenybikini.com. Right, uh, because on his on his obviously on his work laptop that Benjamin gave him, the, he can't uh, do anything. You know anything nasty or he's going to get in trouble. And Benjamin's watching him because Benjamin's still salty that he lost the little, uh, the little wager they had. Uh, but then we also find out that Benjamin been tracking his personal computer too, mm-hmm. just to, just to, just in case. And so uh, Mike Ross uses the dictaphone, uh, makes another appearance here, uses the dictaphone to record Benjamin and blackmail him into giving him everything that he ever needs forever in life or else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Mike is trying to use this to uh, what? What's the initial purpose Mike is trying to get on uh, IT? Is it for? Is it just to get into Jessica's computer? No. Eventually, he gets he uses this to get into uh, Jessica's computer. But the first tactic is that um, Mike is going to resign. Lewis finds out, and so Lewis kind of stops him, like, "Whoa, where are you going with that resignation letter?" And that's when Mike does his whole story, like. Harvey's mad at me and I don't want to work here if Harvey isn't working here and I don't know what to do and I don't know how to make Harvey like me. And Lewis, who feels exactly the same exact the same way. We heard Lewis say these exact words to to um the was it Donna or Jessica? Uh, no, it was it was somebody talking about how he clocks in as the sheepdog and the and the wolf. You know, Lewis was saying the same thing like, I can't work here if me and Harvey don't have a good relationship. It's not fun. I don't like this. So he can kind of see a little bit of himself in Mike Ross in that moment. He says, Mike, you don't need to resign. All you need to do is win Harvey over. And so you need to help him win. That's what Harvey likes. He likes Batman needs his Robin to help him win. And if you can show that you are valuable to him in that way, then this will work out for you. So you need access to his cases so you can go behind his back and be his secret associate and start dropping off folders and stuff like that on his desk. So they use they want to get the access to Harvey's hard drive so that they can mm-hmm. then, you know, help Mike, you know, start helping Harvey. Later on, they use it to uh, for Jessica purposes. But initially, this is why his trip to Benjamin has to happen. Yeah, eventually, uh, Mike is going to extort Jessica. Yes. Uh, so I kind of thought he already did he, this. Well, so he tried this in the, in the real time. In the real time, she says, I have this letter, and I'm about to throw you under the bus unless you do what I need you to do. And he's like, uh, but you get in trouble too. She said, yeah, but I'm powerful enough to where I'll, I'll manage, I'll survive this when you won't survive the hit. Uh, and so he lets it go. Well, now he needs a time machine. He needs a way to get that letter from her because now it's been several days and she's been sitting on that information. And Mike Ross has just been around practicing law. If he can prove that not only did she use that, uh, well, n- have knowledge of him, I guess, being fraudulent, uh, but she's also using it to blackmail him. Oh, yeah, she might not survive this hit. Actually, he has—he's building a case mm-hmm. against her, and so now they are tied together. She cannot fire him uh, r- right now. Not at least—at least not for this. Uh, no more than he can, you know, t- throw her under the bus. They're going down together. Chappelle, are there any other things from this episode? Oh, actually, I want to talk about the the nets of it all. Okay. We definitely need to. Yes, let's I, get I, into I, this. I, I, look, you think any self-respecting Knicks fan is going to be out here representing Darren Williams? Okay, so this was a surprise to me as I've done some research after the show. I didn't know that Darren Williams was a real person. I thought he was a made-up suits huh? person. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I, I never draft, even even NBA from like draft. listening to New York sports talk radio, like in terms of like any sort of like Nets talk with Kyrie and uh, you know every Durant and everybody else with the Nets. Like, yeah, I, I did not know about uh, Deron Williams. I mean, so Darren Williams wasn't uh, drafted to the Nets, obviously. Um, I believe, but I'm pretty sure he had a long career with the Nets. Uh, yeah. yeah, he had several seasons with the So Nets are they trying sure. to say that, like, I mean, this is wild to me because they bring up Mark Cuban, but they almost make it seem like that Harvey Specter negotiated this contract for yeah. uh, 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 Darren? Darren, Darren Williams that uh-huh. they got, the, the Nets got fleeced. The, the Nets paid triple the amount for Darren Williams. This is crazy. Of what they were willing to offer. 
he had a decent career with them. Uh, I want to say at least at least a few seasons. Um, and I mean, I'm the resident Mavericks fan here. Okay, I'm going ahead and tell you right now this back and forth between Darren Williams, the Nets, and the Mavericks. Yeah, it, watching it on Suits, I was like, wow, that's crazy because. Darren Williams eventually does go and play for the Mavericks. I said, wait a minute. Were we in on this too? Yeah. How did Harvey know that Mark Cuban was the other name in the pot? I would be furious if this was one of my teams where Suits was making it seem like Harvey Specter ripped them off. I'm furious. And he ends up playing for the Mavericks eventually. And he was not. Look, if we had got him in 20, 2011, yeah, fine. Getting him in 2015, that did nothing. <laughs> like, what? Mm-hmm. Why? Why did we need him by yeah. then? Um, yes. I Darren Williams is, is he was no slouch in basketball. Make no mistake. Uh, and so I don't know if fleeced is the right term because he had some of his best years. I mean, uh, they paid you know. triple the contract. He had some good years with Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Brooklyn was a startup team. You know, they were just they they were you know it wasn't New Jersey anymore. You know, they had to they had to make some big moves. Uh, the majority of his career, I believe, was with Utah, where he got drafted. But again, this is not like some. Uh, he he was he was he was putting up. I think he was um, drafted after Andrew Bogut or something, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Which is wild because Andrew Bogut is like he was like first pick, I want to say, and he was good. He had a great career. Darren Williams didn't have a bad career. I, I don't think this is too much of a fleecing. I just think Darren Williams knew his worth. You know? Yeah. I mean, Edward Darby is like, oh, you got triple the value. I mean, triple what you wanted to give him. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Nets were being stingy with uh, with the money here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hate this. I mean, who else was playing for the Nets at the time? Yeah, it just seems uh, to me this was a little bit. Uh, I want to use a basketball metaphor, but like out of left field. We, I know Harvey has all the <laughs> basketballs, and he has Michael Jordan's phone number. But like, w- when do we? I guess there was the sixteen-year-old tennis uh, prodigy. But yeah, it just seems weird that wait, yeah, Harvey's a sports <laughs> agent also. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how they end up in this realm. Um, I just don't. I, I have no clue. Uh, but he wasn't representing Darren Williams, I don't think, right? I think the client was was Darren Williams the client? Yeah, I guess he was. So yeah, I don't know how Harvey ends up in this realm. Maybe he does some outside outside of maybe was Michael Jordan work? like, hey, you gotta use my guy, Darren. Uh, probably. I don't mm-hmm. know. If Michael jo- Michael Jordan doesn't know who Darren Williams is. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. But this this was fascinating to me because you know I had speculated before. I was like, you think Harvey ever go over to Brooklyn? And you're like, no, not at all. And now I'm thinking, maybe that's why he helped Brooklyn get fleeced because he's really like uh, 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 a Knicks fan, you know, in disguise. And and so he's like, yeah, let me go bleed Brooklyn on Darren Williams instead. Yeah. Um, not to say the Knicks couldn't have used him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was only 2012 when the Nets went to Brooklyn. So, you know, mm-hmm. maybe uh, I would not think that he's hanging out there often. But, you know, when uh, the, the Nets came over, maybe that was enough of an attraction for him. Yeah, who who was on the, the, the roster for the Knicks at the time? Because I really want to know how he ended up in Brooklyn. It, I think it was um, bleak, yeah. Yeah, I would say it couldn't have been great. Um uh, yeah, this was definitely the move. Yeah, um, I think this was a misstep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was so cool though because it, I mean it's the Carmelo the other, the other, days over in uh, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, um, high highs and low lows. Mm-hmm. But I, I really do think that um, you know having this conversation about the Brooklyn Nets and then in conjunction with Mark Cuban being the other party, knowing that in the future, yeah. Darren Williams will go play for the Mavericks. I thought that was very entertaining. I was like, some of this uh, suits drama be a little clairvoyant. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of Queen of England stuff going on. A lot of a lot of uh, predictions being made. Yeah. It's like the Simpsons. Yeah, suits did it. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. uh, Chappelle, we are into season three, and it has come to my attention that the suits theme song, which we haven't talked much about. It, it gets a change here um, where it's been changing the whole time. It's it, they making it up as they go. I promise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Um, in previous iterations, I believe that they say like, uh, have another bean pie. Uh, and now they're living in a beehive. Uh huh. There are other changes that have been made too. Did you catch them all? No. I think there's another one where it used to be like, uh, I have to dance the greenback boogie. And now it's like, um, 
something else. That, uh, the lyrics have changed. Just know that much. I don't. Okay. I, it's hard to keep up with the lyrics because they're nonsensical anyway. But uh, yeah, by season three, they're almost unrecognizable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Let's yeah. keep an eye on that. All right. So, Chappelle, anything else from this episode? We got to do the Liddy. Oh, we do have to do the Liddy, and I do have some sad news, Rob. Oh, uh, we talked about this in season two, but uh, we, had, you know, we got mention of Harvey's brother. Yes. Uh, you know, potentially ending up in a future episode of Suits. Well, uh, the actor that will play Harvey's brother, not to spoil the show too much, um, has passed away. His name is Billy Miller, and he passed away yesterday. Oh, um, and so, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, had seen, I had seen that headline, and I saw that it said like soap opera star Billy Miller. Yes, soap opera star and of suit fame. Okay. Um, all right. Well, yes. Uh, sad uh, heads up uh, to hear about that. He's a young guy too, right? Yeah, he, he's he's not he's he's not like uh, elderly or anything of that nature. And so uh, it just looks like uh, it was. I don't know if it was sudden or if he had been sick, uh, but it's very sad news. Um, Aaron Korsh had actually tweeted it out as well. Um, and so uh, a lot of our associates were letting us know. And it was very. Um, you know, it was, I guess it was very front of mind too, because we literally would just mention Harvey having a brother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. RIP to Billy Miller. RIP Billy Miller. All right. Chappelle, uh, who gets the Liddy opening night of season three? Um, can we do Mike Ross this time? No. Well, t- tell me for what? For uh, turning down the office and then ultimately. He got the girl. Yeah. You know, he. He, he didn't break he, up with he, Rachel for one episode. He did not break up with Rachel. He managed to get one up on Jessica as well. He's working his way back in Harvey's good graces. Uh, he didn't take any L's in this episode. I mean, Harvey's still being mad at him. Yeah. That's more like a byproduct of some of the stuff from season two. Uh, but yeah, I think that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think this was a decent episode for Mike Ross. Uh, he's in. He's in paradise right now All for right. the most part. Let Mike get back on the right foot here, giving the Liddy to open up season three. And yeah, I had some references to the breakfast club uh, that the story of Lewis being bullied is similar to how uh, one of the kids ends up in detention. I think it's Emilio Estevez. Uh, There's also a a code two where Richard Gere is in the office. Yes. um, This was bad on Rachel. Do not be, you know, like, what what is she going to say to Donna? Like, oh, I guess we missed him. Oh, it wasn't Richard Gere. Maybe he was in the office. Maybe she called in a favor. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I need Richard Gere to come up here. You know, whatever. I don't know. Or maybe they're like, oh, yeah, we need the perfect distraction. Well, Richard Gere will be there tomorrow. You know, that's a code, too. I don't know. Um, explain to me the Breakfast Club thing. Now, he, Lewis got his butt cheeks taped together. Um, Yes. Um, I, I, it, Was that a common bullying tactic Um, in the, what is it, 80s? I guess so. Okay. Yes. Uh, so Andy, according to Google, Andy taped another <laughs> Weaker's kid's butt together using masking tape uh, because I guess his dad wanted him to be like this, uh, like, uh, you know, wrestling alpha mm-hmm. type uh, bully. But I'm just saying, like, I this is the first like, I've seen The Breakfast Club. Yeah. One yeah. of the references I do get, but I've never really thought about the actual crime here. Now, you actively tape someone's butt cheeks together. What what does that accomplish? Is it just like a sim, a symbolic bullying? Because I don't think it's like you tape you put tape on my ass. I'm just gonna pull it off. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I don't, and I'm not quite sure how you were able to tape my butt cheek. Like you do you hold me down and then tape me down? I, yeah, just, I don't know the, how it's specifically a butt cheek taping and not like a full a full taping. Yeah, like did you just tape the butt cheek only and then just mm-hmm. like okay that's enough. Uh, yeah, I, and don't let me see you in here again. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, I just thought it was like odd. A lot of these bullying tactics from the early, yeah. I mean, from the eighties. Well, early maybe it's 90s, also so like seen. I don't know what the hair situation is, but maybe it's almost like then it's very unpleasant oh to god. take the tape off. Yeah. Oh my god, like a wax, like a forced yeah. waxing. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson. I mean, yeah. I don't. Some yeah. people pay a lot oh. for that. So. Yeah. Look again. Not this is not my ministry. Uh, I'm not familiar with it. Um, and like I can say a lot of these bullying tactics from the eighties and nineties, I've never, I've never seen, I've never seen anybody pushed into a locker. I've never seen a way. I don't think a real person could even fit in any yeah. locker I've ever seen before, yeah. but all right, Chappelle, let's just get to some feedback here. This is uh, I thought a little bit of a lengthier episode. Also, it was like a 48 minute runtime uh, for me on Netflix, which is uh longest episode, I think since the pilot. 
I always lie to myself and be like, it's a 30-minute show. It's never a 30-minute show. Mm-hmm. It's always been at least 40 minutes. And I've just been like in denial every time. Yeah. Okay. Um, we got a couple of questions. How about uh Angela Taylor says, why do they all know where their colleagues live and show up at their apartments? These people found out more about each other for less. You know, like uh, Harvey, again, has done background checks on people while he's in the car on the way to their, their office building. They mm-hmm. they know where each other are. They are using each other's printer codes at this point, scanning codes. Uh, you know, they, they all the boundaries are gone. So him showing up at Rachel's apartment, I was like, it makes sense. I didn't even flinch. What does kind of disturb me is Jessica just being in Harvey's home. Not only did she get there, but she gets to whatever type of security measures they yeah. have. And she has a key. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, and there's a moment where he's she's in his office as well. He says, "If you keep popping up in my space like this, people are gonna think something's between us." And uh, she's like, "Let them think." And the whole time I was thinking, "Are they talking to me?" Because I have been like beating the Jessica and Harvey, will they, won't they, from day one? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel too close to me. Yeah. Why are you in my house? I think it's probably like mutually beneficial. I think people are thinking about Jessica, like, wow, she could land Harvey, and Harvey's like, wow, like uh, the 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 boss is uh, sleeping with him. Look at this. Uh, yeah, Harvey Harvey seems like a, a cool fellow, but Jessica is a catch. You know, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, maybe 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 good things would come for Harvey. I don't know. And, uh, and maybe Jessica just need, need a little fun every now and then, release some steam. But I don't know. I just, I just think it's odd for your boss to be hanging out in your home when you're not there. Okay. Um, look, I guess it's probably not the first time it ever happened. Uh, to Harvey? To Harvey? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, she's always there. No, she just be there. she just be in his face. She, this is Jessica. This was, no one's questioning this woman's, uh, you know, um, <laughs> no one's questioning her power and her skills. Like, I, I have no doubt in my mind that she can get in there. I just wonder why this is okay. Look, if Harvey wakes up dead one day, somebody's got to be able to get in there. Yeah, Jessica will be in the room for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Chappelle, anything else you want to say about the season three premiere? No, I think that it was a solid premiere, but it didn't give me what I needed. Mm-hmm. I need, I like to have some type of resolution to the case that we're dealing with, uh, or at least a case. I don't know. That's what we've been getting so far. So far, maybe this moves away from that that format and it's less formulaic uh, to where you know we we don't we can't expect that all the time. But I think for me. It doesn't it doesn't hit right until I watch the next episode. I really need to know what's about to happen with Cameron Dennis now that he's back in the mix. Um, because we were expecting, you know, trying to figure out if we were gonna see Daniel Hartman again. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever considered we were gonna see Daniel uh Cameron Dennis again. So yeah. I'm very interested to see where this goes. All right. So thank you for being back here with us for the season three premiere. It's a great time to make sure you are not just subscribed to the podcast, but also we appreciate your feedback and star ratings here at the start of the season. Uh, You can do that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you get ahead of where we are, you can send us your questions as we go along. Suitspodcast.com slash feedback. Yes. And thank you all for all the feedback we've been getting. Uh, Suitspodcast.com slash Facebook is always popping. We just welcomed some of our other associates just to tap in, you know. So we'd like to do like check-ins, make sure everybody's on the same on the same uh, page, answer any questions that people might have. Uh, and so this has been so much fun. Uh, please join the conversation and tell people, let, let tell a friend to tell a friend, you know, that we're talking about Suits over here and we're having a great time doing it. All right. Thank you so much for joining us for the season three premiere. We'll be back tomorrow with season three, episode two. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.